Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Veteran Minority Podcast. Sorry for missing last week. You know, uh, a lot of things have come up on my plate, so I had to rearrange some things, rebalance myself. But I'm back. And as always, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play. You can also subscribe to my YouTube page, uh, Demetrius Collins on YouTube. I appreciate everybody out there for listening and your feedback. And those of you that have taken the time out to rate the podcast and leave comments on iTunes, I thankful i'm i'm very grateful for that we got a lot of topics we're going to get into today uh cardi b i'm gonna talk a little bit about cardi b ig video that resurfaced about her drugging and robbing men and what will come of that talk about the zion williamson and the ncaa exploitation and my thoughts on that um and the jesse smollett situation he's free like oj all day so we i'm gonna talk about that also, but where I want to start is March Madness. And as a Suns fan, I haven't, I can honestly say like I haven't been watching a lot of college basketball this season. But one thing I do like about, well, one thing that March Madness means to me as a Phoenix Suns fan, as a as an NBA fan, but also as a Phoenix Suns fan, it always gives me a chance to get excited about the NBA draft because the Suns were always picking at the top of the draft. So it seems like forever that I've always been watching the NCAA tournament and seeing who the Suns were going to get or could get in an effort to make our team better and to get us back to where we used to be in the mid-2000s. However however probable or likely that is that, we, that we'll ever get back to that status. And so two players that came out this first weekend of the NCAA ter- tournament, well, obviously Zion Williamson. Everybody wants Zion. Zion's a beast, no doubt. He has some work to do when he gets to the NBA level, but so does all players. But really, the player that I really want my sons to get is Ja Morant. That that the playmaking point guard. He's got good height, six three. He can rebound. He can shoot. He can score the ball, but he also can pass, and that's what we really, we really, really need. Because a lot of people say Devin Booker is good, and Devin Booker can score the ball, but what Devin Booker does doesn't. It doesn't. What? How do I say it? It doesn't. Judging by. The stats, and I and I get a lot of my information off of Basketball Reference and things, but judging off of Basketball Reference and the win share stat, when the things that Devin Booker does does not contribute to the team winning. So yeah, he'll shoot a lot of shots, he'll get a lot of points, but it's not necessarily conducive to us winning games. So we still need another piece, and I'm hoping you know we keep losing. I I said earlier on today on Twitter that I hope that um, when I say my prayers, I'm, I'm going to pray for a son's loss because, yeah, man, we need to stay at the bottom of the NBA so that we can get John Morant because I think if we get John Morant, I think more so than if we than if we were to land Zion Williamson, if we get John Morant, that'll make us a more solid team. It'll, it, we could possibly push, I don't know, the West is very competitive, but we possibly could push into the eighth seed or somewhere that nature, 8th or 7th seed. But the West is highly competitive, so who knows even if John Morant will be enough. But it would be nice to get a quality player like him because I think he's going to be a star at the NBA level because of the fact that his passing ability. I saw the game that he played against um, 
I forgot who they played, honestly. I forgot who they played in round one. But he put he dropped buckets and then they lost to get to Florida State. But um yeah, man, John Moran, man. So I'm looking forward to that. Um moving forward. I had a discussion with a friend and I've been seeing a lot of like people on YouTube who like Dr. Boyce Watkins and other YouTube personalities and just, you know what I'm saying, a lot of black men in general. We like to we like to overstate and I say overstate for a reason, but we like to overstate the NCAA and it, the exploitation. And so I had a friend of mine recently, closely this week, he had a bit of an issue with like the Zion cam and some of maybe the depictions of Zion and a lot of people, you know, are not really a lot of, a lot of the, the conversation around Zion Williamson and his success is, well, there's nothing but black players on the court and, you know, uh, uh, the NCAA is 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 making a lot more money than they're paying them, and that's true, and that is true. And so, I like to look at, I think, capitalism by we live in this. That's the economic system that we're in in the United States, and capitalism by nature, like by what it is, is exploitative, right? From the first slaves that were used as the foundation of capitalism, all the way until now, when we clock in at our nine to five jobs and we work eight hours and we get a paycheck. It's exploitative. It's always about, capitalism is always about profits. Um, but the thing about capitalism or the thing about, yeah, the, the beauty of the capitalist system, if there is such a thing, if you could say such a thing, is that if you, it allow it, it allows you compensation. You get compensated, right? So, and you get compensated based on what your skill set would allow. So, like if you're a data entry guy, which that's what I did for the state, um, I, I, that's what I did for the state before I went and found another job. But that is a very common low skill job, and so because of that, they'll pay you, you know, twenty nine thousand dollars a year or thirty one thousand dollars a year, something that barely keeps you alive. But if you're, let's say, you're a Zion Williamson and you're, you're, you have a unique skill set that you bring to the NBA court, at some point in your maturation or in your journey in this game to try to get your coins, they're going to have to cut the check. So we lament, I think sometimes, and I say we overstate it because I feel like sometimes we lament the exploit, exploitative nature or exploitive nature, however you say it, I'm sorry, excuse me, the exploitative nature of capitalism. But what we don't point to enough is that these guys do get paid. So there's only so much free basketball that Zion is going to have to play. I mean, yeah, he's a... We, we understand that that the system of the capitalist economic system was built off the slavery model, but in the modern system, there's only so much labor that they're going to get for free um, before they got to kick in. So that's how we should have to look at it. What I think is much more a travesty, and I said this to my friend as well when we had this discussion, is the student athlete that maybe isn't Zion, because Zion is winning. As much as we may not like the NCAA is going to profit hand over foot, we don't like the fact that Duke, the program, is profiting hand over foot. At the end of the day, like I said, Zion, when he, he this is his last year playing basketball, quote unquote, for free. From this point on, you have to pay him to wear your shoes. You're gonna have to pay him to endorse your products. You're gonna have to pay him to shoot the ball. <laughs> after after when if Duke gets eliminated this weekend, which there are some, including myself, who thinks that it might come to that. When he gets into the NBA, he will never again in life. Play basketball for free. And I think that's has that also has to be stated. Yes, the NCAA is going to make their money. But at the same time, 
like I said, there comes a point in the game where even the leagues have to kick in. So I don't think we should necessarily lament the state of affairs for a player like for Zion. Now, for the other guys on the team who aren't Zion, who aren't going to go top two, top three in the NBA draft, who, you know, aren't, who are being, you know, made to work like a pro. I just feel like, listen, man, that, that's just the game. Um, I can't feel sympathy for, this is just my opinion. I can't feel sympathy for, an, for somebody who can go to a university, let's say a Duke or a Georgetown or uh, a Cal Berkeley or I don't know, what University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill. Some of these very prestigious, excuse me a second, some of these prestigious academic institutions and you go there to play ball, but you also go there and you have the opportunity to get education. Now, I know that the getting the education part becomes very difficult because pretty much they're trying to work you like a pro. They're trying to develop you like a pro because they need to get the money out of you, especially when it comes to college football. College football is even worse. But what I will say is this. There are players that do it. There are players that are that play football, play basketball, play baseball, whatever the sport that they play, and they, and they um, are able to become, some of them are very rarely, but there are players that are double majors. There are players that get a degree in something and use the combination of their basketball career, the college basketball career as an athlete and what they did in college and 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 can flip because that's the nature of capitalism as well. That's the nature of what we all should be trying to do is use our life experiences and every so often we should be looking for opportunities to flip and elevate in the game. So I can't, it's hard for me to feel sorry for you know, a Cam Reddish, and I'm even sorry for Cam Reddish. I think he's gonna be an NBA player. But whoever the guy is, whoever the, the player is on Duke right now, that's that's you know having to do two practices a day and um necessarily be a student per se. He's more like a professional athlete who also goes to school. The way I look at it, like, look, man, you you grind hard and you you can, like I said before, you can flip and 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 become maybe I don't know a sports agent, a sports journalist. A coach. I don't know what. I don't know what your skill set or your unique experience. Uh, your unique experiences, because not many people get to play major D one college sports at all. So I don't know what those skill sets and what those experiences will allow you to accomplish in life. But I know that it is a great opportunity. And I also get at the same time, like I said, two. Like my uh, one of my friends also taught me two things can be true at the same time. So I do understand that it is very difficult to be a student athlete and to meet the requirements of the institution, especially when it it comes to college football and also maintain a high academic standing in school because you really have to have to choose one or the other. But like I said, I will say before that players have done it. It is not impossible. It's maybe not the most comfortable thing because, you know, like I said, if you're making me Especially, when, like I said, when it comes to college football, if you're making me wake up early in the morning and go to practice and then do film study and then go to school and then come back, I get, I get, I get the argument. But at the same time, we all have the same 24 hours a day. Nobody makes excuses for the single mom that has three kids that's trying to go to school as well as raising kids. Nobody's making excuses for her. So it's hard for me to feel sorry for a young child, a young man or young woman who is doing what they love to do the sport that they love to play and also getting an opportunity to get an education and at least they have the opportunity to do so like i said it's up to you how you choose to balance your time or what you feel is important to you and what you want to pursue in life but the point the fact you can't ignore the fact that the opportunity is there now a lot of people might try to poo poo that and say like oh you know that's easy to say but i don't think it is i think you know yeah you might not have a social life you know but that's i don't know how to describe it but that's that's 
the trade-off for what you're being for what you're getting in college. You know what I mean? College is an opportunity, no matter how we want to cut it, slice it, or dice it. Um, these some of these professional athletes they get an opportunity. Um, the bigger problem too is a lot of the college. The bigger problem that I see too is a lot of students that are athletes aren't prepared for college. You see, that's 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 more so the problem than maybe the NCAA exploiting the student athlete or there not being enough time in the day to play basketball and study because there is. Um, the bigger problem is the students not being prepared. The bigger problem is the students not be having a realistic valuation of their sports career and thinking that they are going to go to NBA or NFL and not developing any other type of academic skill to be able to pair with that experience. So that's where you, you come and you play four years of college football at Florida state, or you play, you know, a year or two at Duke university of college basketball, and you wash out the league and you're stuck with nothing. Well, the opportunities were there in front of you. And to me, especially when it comes to us in the black community, I feel like the, the reason why the exploitation that we speak about in college sports is so rampant and is what it is, is because a lot of times these coaches are going into single parent households and posturing as a father figure to the young men when in reality all he's trying to do is get Zion or get um you know John Morant or get whoever the next great player is that's that's going to be or whoever the the Kyler Murray or Baker Mayfield or not even really Baker Mayfield but any of the I'm talking specifically black athletes you're he's coming into your living room and he's posturing like he's going to be a father figure when in reality all he's trying to do is win a national championship get a top recruiting class make the NCAA tournament um, make the college football playoff, you know what I'm saying? Get a top 10 or top five ranking because he's just trying to further his career. And I think it's a failure on our community if this is going to be our, if this is going to be how we're going to make our coin, right? In sports and our children are going to be pipeline through this. I feel like it's more, it's, 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 it's even more imperative to have a stronger family unit so that when Nick Saban or Mike Krzyzewski or Tom Izzo or whoever the case may be, uh, Cliff Kingsbury before he went to the NFL, whoever the coach is, uh, Lincoln Riley, I don't know who the coach is, when they come and they sit down in your living room, you're you're looking at your son as an asset to this program and not looking at this coach as a savior for your son. You're looking at, okay, my son, you know, he could play ball. Okay, but what if he gets his knee blown out? See what I mean? When you have parents that have that foresight for the child, and a lot of single-parent households don't have that, obviously, because a lot of these young men are not prepared to go to college but if you are able to prepare your student athlete for college and then also prepare them for the business of sports then we wouldn't be complaining about the exploitation because capitalism like i said to my friend earlier today is tantamount that complaining about the exploitation and capitalism is tantamount to asking why two-year-old children die of cancer you know what i mean like at this point in the stage in development in the economic system it is what it is with capitalism and its exploitation at this point it's incumbent upon us as parents or soon-to-be parents or young people in the games trying to come up in the game to understand that what the goal of capitalism is and how to how to counteract that and if we're not doing that i feel like it's us that's doing our children or our student athlete a disservice more so than the system of capitalism or the duke university program or you know whatever football program you play for is doing a disservice because really Duke University or whatever university has no loyalty to your child long term except for what your child could bring to them you know so i think that as i said before the the exploitation of NCAA is overstated i feel like the parents it's incumbent upon parents and the black family to 
prepare their child for what they will face going forth in the business of sports and letting them understand as well. Because I know when I was young, my mom used to always, that was one thing my mom used to always stress when I thought, you know, like most black men, you think you want to go to the NBA, you think you want to be a football player. But my mom was always stressing, you know, get education, like be smart because if your knee blows out, you know, your body is fragile. And that's a fact. Like college back. College athletes or athletes in general, whether it be boxers or whatever, they make a living off their body. And the human body is fragile. You know, you blow an ACL, you rupture an Achilles, um, you get into a major car accident because life does happen. And if you if that's taken away from you, your ability to play ball and you don't know anything else. Well, that's not Duke's fault. And we're trying to push the onus on Duke. And, you know, yeah, in a righteous world, in a in a in a in a bleeding heart type of society. That's fair to put the onus on Duke or put the onus on the university. But at the end of the day, like that's not the world we live in, man. We live in in a world where you get you get paid for what you know how to do and you succeed based on the level of knowledge that you're able to attain in life. Like what you know is based on what you do. So we can't really complain like I said about the universities taking advantage of student athletes because they're just there to further their brand as an athletic program in order to keep the pipeline going. You know what I mean? So that's just my two cents on the whole NCAA and Zion Williamson exploitation. I feel like if you want your child to grow up and be a baseball player or whatever sport, whatever sport you feel like your child, you want your child to play, I think it's incumbent upon you as a parent to stress the importance of education in the home so that your child not only so your child is is not thinking strictly as like, okay, athletics is my only way out. Okay, what if I don't watch out? What if I play in the NBA or the NFL? I think the average the average NFL career is like 2.9 years now, up, down from like three three years or something like that. It's dropped. Like dudes aren't staying in the NFL as long as they used to. NBA, you know, we see all these guys get drafted in the first round, but a lot of guys that get drafted in the first round, we never hear from again. Like the NBA is an even smaller pool of guys. So you have to, like I said, and not to, not to beat a dead horse, but I feel like it's, very, it's more so incumbent upon the parents to give their child a realistic perspective of the sports industry. And what their likelihood of becoming the next LeBron James truly is, even if you're Zion. But because just because just because you're Zion doesn't necessarily just because Zion is a star now doesn't mean he's going to be a star five years from now. Doesn't even mean he's going to be in the league five years from now. I think it's and it's more important on the um, it's more important on the family than it is to than it is the school. And like I said, it is a pipeline, just like the the school to prison pipeline for young black males is a pipeline. So, like I said, we have to we, you just have to prepare your your children for the world and 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 as much as you can keep them up on what the world is trying to do to them. But I'll digress on that. All right. So moving on, Jesse Smollett is free like OJ all day. <laughs> In a weird twist of, I don't know what it's what what it is. I don't even know if it's fate. I don't know if it's luck. I don't know if it's you know, clandestine people in power pulling strings for this dude. But Justice Smollett had all 16 of his federal indictment charges dropped today. Um, he's facing no charge. All he had to do was turn his $10,000 bond over to the city. And that was good enough. The DA that previously recused herself from the case dropped the charges against him. So obviously the Fraternal Order of Police in Chicago, the Chicago Fraternal Order of Police is very upset. The mayor of Chicago is very upset. And... My question is, well, my thing is this, aside from the Justice Millet, right? Because at this point, we don't know what's true. We don't know what's not true. We don't know what we thought we knew. We don't know what we thought we didn't know. We don't know. We just don't know. It's a, it's, it's a big, confusing 
uh, quagmire of a situation. The dude's guilty, it seems like, but somebody in high places is pulling straight for him to let him off the hook. But my thing is the outrage. Now, we have a young black boy earlier this week, Anton Rose, Antoine Rose, who was shot in the back in Pittsburgh last year, and the cop got acquitted. And so we have Jesse Smollett, who may or may not have faked a racial hate crime. And it's 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 what's what's frustrating me as a just a just a person living in this world is we never seem to get double standards exist. That's true. But in the face when you're faced with something that's wrong, wrong is wrong, right? So Jesse Smollett, what he did was wrong. You're never going to get me to co-sign it if you've been listening to my podcast. Over the months, you know that I spoke on it that I even said, like, if this is true, I don't agree with that, bro, because you can't play the game that way. You can't blame men or white men for racism because real racism is out there. Like I said, we have Antoine Rose who got shot in the back by a cop and the cop was acquitted. To me, that's real racism. Not necessarily the racist. I'm not necessarily saying that accusing the, the cop that shot him is racist. What I'm saying is the system that allows an unarmed 17-year-old boy to get shot in the back by an armed police officer who has the law on his side. He has uh, the public opinion on his side. And he also has weapons on his side. Like He, he comes to the situation with guns, mace, nightstick in hand. And so there's no check and balance for that. And that's what... I, and, and, and that's what um, frustrates me the most about these situations is the outrage. You're outraged about Justice Smollett because he was an example. That's what I believe. I believe he was going to be the example that you made for black for the black community to say, okay, you want to lie? Well, this is what you get. But another um, person let him off the hook. But when it comes to police brutality, everybody wants to just be like, hey, you know, dims the brakes. And I don't like that because if dims the brakes for Antoine Rose getting shot in the back, a 17-year-old losing his life senselessly to somebody who has every... Uh, modicum of power or every avenue of power or every um, avenue, yeah, avenue of power, every level of power on his side from physical all the way up to legal. If he doesn't have any checks, then you can't um, necessarily, you can't necessarily feign, and I'm going to say this, feign outrage when Justice Millet gets to walk. And maybe I'm trying to tie two things together that aren't necessarily tied, but I think they're all tied because they're part of our society. On one hand, Justice Millet is being accused of having black privilege for being able to let off. But what does the cop have? What privilege does a police officer have when he, like I said, shoots a kid in the back and nothing happens? Like that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a major hole, a, a hole in our society. And we have lots of holes in our society, but I'll tell you one thing like this. Most men in Justice Smollett's situation, most black men that are convicted of a crime, indicted on 16 felony charges of whatever they're accused of, they're not getting off. So Justice Smollett is an exception to the rule. He's not the norm. Whereas the police officer that shot Antoine Rose in the back, he is the norm. You feel what I'm trying to say? Hopefully y'all feel what I'm trying to say. You know what I'm saying? So don't get caught up in that outrage. Justice Smollett, he's free like OJ all day. You know what I'm saying? Lion Jesse, the gay Tupac, whatever he call himself. He's not, he's not facing, he's not going to be doing any jail time. Um, I personally... Don't know what to think. I'm, I've said that before, and I'll say that again. I don't know if the, um, I don't know, what am I trying to say? I don't know if he, sh if if he's guilty. I don't know if he's innocent. What I do know is he's not going to go to jail for it. What I do know is there's a 17 year old boy that was killed by police up in Pittsburgh, and the cop was only on duty for four hours before you know um, committing that crime or murder or. I call it a murder because it is a murder. Um, he was only on duty for four hours. He had just sworn in, became a police officer, caught his first body, and, you know, he's going to be back on the beat to, you know, 
police the Pittsburgh streets again. And I think that's that's a bigger problem than Jesse Smollett, some celebrity getting off on a fake hate crime. Jesse Smollett, he's I don't know who's gonna work with him. I don't really care at this point. But I think there's bigger fish to fry in the world, in the black community. Chicago PD is obviously upset, but Chicago PD has been crooked from the beginning. So, you know, good on Kim Fox for looking out for another brother because at the end of the day, I'm never going to side with white supremacy against a black man, whether I think he's wrong or not. All right. All right. So moving on to the last topic of the show before I get up out of here. It's a short episode today. I appreciate, you know, everybody for tuning in, but I'm going to keep it short this week. Cardi B, an Instagram video of Cardi B resurfaced of, of her talking about how she um, had drugged and robbed men. And I think this is fascinating how we handle this as a society or, uh, yeah, as a country, as a nation, as a society going forward. Because my view is that women in our society can do no wrong. My view is that when men speak about the wrong that women do, we often get called soft or we often get called weak or we often get said, oh, you want to be like, you want to get treated like a woman. And in reality, if being getting treated like a woman means being getting treated equal, then yes, that's what I want. So I say that to say if Bill Cosby was accused of drugging and raping women, and that's what people say he did, even though that's not what he did, but that's what he's going to, that's what he's in jail for right now, then I think the same thing should happen to Cardi B. I mean, that's that's just the facts. Now, will it happen? Probably not because she's a woman. And she gave a long post about how she did what she had to do. And I'm like, you know what's funny? If a man, if, if it surfaced that a man was a pimp and, you know, he used to stomp down on women and smack women up. And he told you, like, yo, that was my past. That's what I used to have to do to get to, to, to make a living. Nobody would be trying to hear that, especially if he was a black man. We, we know damn sure that if a black man ever had anything in his past as far as raping or, or drugging women and robbing them or selling them, putting them out on the track, you know what I'm saying, trafficking, we would not let that man off the hook. But because it's a woman, we have this, like one of my friends put it, put it in a good way, we, we, we infantilize, infantilize women. We make it seem like women aren't responsible for the things they do. We make it seem like their emotional outbursts and things of that nature are just like, oh, you know, that's just what women, like they're, like they're a baby. Like, you know how a baby cries? And it's like, oh, that's just what babies do. That's kind of how we do women. When a woman gets emotional and says something or does something, it's like, oh, that's just women. And so, that's, and, and that type of behavior, that type of infantilization, that type of um, paternalism that we have for women that, you know, they're not responsible for what they do. They, you know, they, we need to be more forgiving because women are emotional. That leads, that creates an avenue to where Cardi B could post uh, I had to do what I had to do because I didn't have a lot of options. Well, I know a lot of black men that don't have a lot of options and have to do a lot of things. And guess what? They get they get thrown right in jail. I know a lot of black men that make mistakes when they're young, 17, 18, 19, 20 years old, that's still sitting behind bars. We don't get to, we don't get that benefit. Black men don't get the benefit to say I had to do what I had to do in the moment. Society says, no, you were wrong. We're throwing the book at you. Well, Bill Cosby, he didn't get the whole world. That's just what you do in Hollywood. You give a woman a quaalude and you have sex. It wasn't none of that. What it was with Bill Cosby is this woman says you drugged her. This woman says you gave her a pill. She didn't know what it was. This woman said that you um, touched her breast. You're going to jail. Ten years. Minimum of three, maximum of ten. There is no leeway for the black male of the United States. And I just want the same. I just want the same energy for everybody. Similarly, when people, going back to the Jesse Smollett situation, when everybody was upset about Jesse Smollett and how he's gotten off and how, you know, he reported a false crime, when nobody's tripping on Carolyn Bryant that, that lied about Emmett Till, and I get, oh, that was years ago. Listen, I don't care. The, 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 they went back years and got Bill Cosby. So 
once again, for women, there's just a different standard than men in general. And definitely for black men, there's just a different standard from every other type of person in the world. There's just a different standard. And I think that's horse shit. Let's keep it real. Cardi B, if she was drugging and robbing men, I don't know if they could draw up charges on her. I don't know if the men want to come forward because it's not in the nature of men to necessarily cry and, and whine about things that have happened to us. We, we, we kind of keep it in and we self-medicate and we do things because we have to be tough dudes, whatever that means. But at the end of the day, what should happen, which it probably won't, I will say it probably won't. And, I'm not, and I don't know necessarily if I will be um, somebody who's banging the drum trying to make this happen. But what should happen is that Cardi B should have to face the law for what she had to do. It doesn't matter if you lived in the Bronx and you didn't have no other ways. Drugging the man and robbing him is a crime. Just like Bill Cosby, which he didn't do, but allegedly Bill Cosby drugging a woman and touching her titties is a crime. It doesn't matter how long ago you did it. It doesn't matter if you didn't have any other options. It doesn't matter. A crime is a crime is a crime is a crime. But like I said before, when it comes to brothers and when it comes to everybody else, there's different standards. And that's what I don't like um, about that. Nothing's going to come with this Cardi B situation, I, I think. I think she's going to release a statement and go about her life. Me personally, you know, I'm, I, I respect Cardi B's artistry. I don't necessarily, I wouldn't call myself a, well, I would call myself a fan, but I wouldn't, I don't buy her music or anything like that. So it's not, I'm not going to mute her or boycott her or anything crazy like that because I wasn't really bumping Cardi like that anyway. I do a radio show on WAM 90.5, the flavor station called The Kickback from 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. Fridays. Um, if you don't have the TuneIn app, download that um, and tune in. But I play some of her music and I probably will continue to do that because I don't believe in, um, destroying somebody's legacy based on what they based on maybe some mistake they made as a person. All I'm saying is, if this was a brother and he on, on his Instagram, he had said, yeah, you know what I'm saying. I gave a girl a Quelu, and you know what I mean. Or I gave her a Molly, and you know, so I went up in that or whatever. Or, or she passed out on the floor and I robbed her. We would be trying to destroy his music. Same thing. We're doing it to R. Kelly. We did it to Bill Cosby and the process. And and, and Ke- they tried to do it to Michael Jackson, but Michael Jackson, you know, was a was obviously a solid person in the world, and people can't tear him down. But that's the point I'm trying to make is that, um, you know, there's just a double standard. And Cardi B should be held accountable for what she did, even though it is the path. But it won't happen because nobody gets a hard on for, for prosecuting black women like they do black men. All right. But I'm going to digress off of that. Um, it was a real short episode today. I just wanted to, you know, get it out there um, and just say and just give my opinion on some of the topics. As always, you can subscribe to my podcast on iTunes and Google Play as well as on YouTube um, on uh, you can subscribe to my pocket on YouTube, Demetrius Collins on YouTube. Uh, please like, comment, um, subscribe, share the podcast with people if you think that there are things that I'm saying here that need to be heard. I appreciate it. Just help your boy out. Um, as another thing too, uh, um, you could always email the show with any questions, comments, stories, that any stories of anything that you went through in the past week or whatever the case may be, and. If you'd like, I'll discuss them on the show as well. You can email the show at veteranminoritypodcast at gmail.com. That's veteranminoritypodcast at gmail.com. Like I said, you could always subscribe uh, to the show at iTunes and on Google Play. You can subscribe on YouTube. Uh, like I said, comment, um, leave me a rating on iTunes or Google Play, however you listen to this. As also, if you could share to your friends, that'd be greatly appreciated as well. So until next time, y'all, I appreciate y'all for tuning in. One love.